the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast, a weekly show where we talk all things Tottenham Hotspur and... Boy, is that a fun thing to do. I'm Sam. I'm joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, my depression buddy, my hugs buddy, because we're allowed to hug again now. Uh, the person who's going to help me get through all of this, it's Matt. Are you, are you mate? Uh, I, I genuinely think that, look, we, we get our regular listeners, so they'll switch on regardless. I'm yeah. sure they'll be happy if we just talk about anything but Spurs for the next hour. Uh, Everyone will be happy, know. you know? Oh, I don't know. I don't, it depends, I suppose. Depends what we talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about a less controversial topic this week: politics. Uh, the Israeli-Palestine <laughs> conflict. No one's going to have. No one's going to have strong opinions on there that. You go. There you go. Let's talk about oh, that for an hour. Man, Dan, I, uh, mate, I, I am done. I am so done in. I just, oh, my, my brain is fried. Um, my. One of the things about sporting Tottenham for for a long time, you know, as, as a kid, a teenager and everything, nineties for us, the early two thousand, it was crap, and you kind of accepted we were crap, um, hoped that we wouldn't get dragged into a relegation battle each season, wondered if maybe this would be our year that we could like achieve something like you know, eighth. <laughs> it just you know th- those were lofty ambitions. But it was all about trying to win a cup, really. It was just that was all I ever thought about or dreamt of. And then Martin Yo had to go and fuck it all up by giving me this sense of maybe we're better than that. Expectation, ah, God, Martin. Yeah. God's sake, I I love that guy. All joking aside, but ah, what did you do, man? And <laughs> and then like Harry Redknapp decided to like lift it again, and then and then then we were sort of we were squandering, we were floundering a bit, and I was like. Okay, this this feels normal, but it didn't feel normal because during that floundering time, we had this bloke called Gareth Bale who was sort of scoring goals from like 30, 40 yards and knocking the ball past people and sprinting past them for sheer entertainment value. <laughs> and so it was wonderful. And, and then he went and, you know, we did flounder and then we brought in this guy called Mauricio Pochettino, who I didn't want. Because I didn't really think he was that special, <laughs> oh, and then mate. we had we had probably two of the best years I've ever had supporting the club, and because of those two quite incredible years, the the level of expectation I think for all fans was raised. I think the entertainment expectation, the togetherness expectation, the achievement expectation, all of it was raised, and and that's what happens, and rightly so. That is what should happen when you perform well. But now it makes what's happening right now worse. Mm. Do, do, do you see what I mean by that? It's like if if this was, if this season was a direct continuation of any season we had in the nineties, any season we had in the early noughties, it would feel pretty normal. It would feel pretty kind of, you know, the standard Tottenham. But these seasons are continuing from a place of arguably the most entertaining football I've got to watch in my lifetime, being played by Tottenham. Uh, the Champions League final was in 2019. That's just two years ago. <laughs> and to feel like where we are now from there, it's it's um, it's not 
good, really, is it? It's it's the expect. It's, you're right. It's the expectation level because oh, it's something I'm sure, like you, I've been kind of thinking about over the last few days. Why am Why yeah. am I feeling so disconnected with Spurs at the moment? And you think, like, for example, a good example would be Southampton. Like Southampton were. We're, we're actually top of the league earlier in the season yeah, and, and they've just ev- well I say just escaped relegation because the bottom three have been gone for ages but yeah. they've been there or thereabouts towards the bottom haven't they uh, mm-hmm. but you don't see Southampton fans protesting and you know because it's an expectation no. thing for them they're, in, they're happy they're in the Premier League another season and that's where we were I mean I, I can remember finishing I think it might have been Martin Yeo and yeah. or, or possibly before him and I remember finishing about eighth or ninth and thinking wow what a season you know yeah. like yeah. really happy with that yeah. you know it's but but I just uh, yeah I mean we, obviously with my contemplation I think this is the thing so I, we obviously we lost yesterday um, another pitiful performance but we beat Wolves early, uh, uh, you know last week so I'm like well we okay so okay we've won one we lost one but it's this I think for me it's, it's a combination of things that are just making me feel so on about supporting Spurs yeah. at the moment. I think the big things is the fact that Kane's leaving. Oh, that's a very big thing. Uh, yeah. The fact that West Ham look like they're going to finish above us. So we got that. Looks like Arsenal, Arsenal are going to finish above us. I mean, it, it's it's not not going to happen, is it? I mean, no. I mean, it, there is more chance of me uh, sprouting an extra leg on the final day of the season than us beating Leicester at Leicester. Yeah, when and Leicester Arsenal are yeah. playing for the Champions League now. Mm. You know, they have to beat us. Uh, my hope had been that Leicester would qualify. They've already won the FA Cup. Their players would literally be champagne fueled and don't give a crap. <laughs> and it might be one of those mental last game of the season, five four type scenarios that we had against Leicester. But somehow we might scrape it. You know, we might win it in this insanity. As it is, Leicester are coming into this game with absolutely their season on the line. They've been in the top four for. Well, seventy-five to ninety percent of the season, do they want to let it slip on the last day? They do not. Of course they don't. Yeah. Um, so I can only see one result in that game, and I'm not just talking about us losing. I'm talking about us getting humiliated. Genuinely, I, I've got no. Sometimes I've gone into games and you sort of jokingly go, "Oh, you know, please just don't let it be humiliating." But in your mind, you're thinking. You know, two nil, three nil, maybe. You know, I don't want it to be worse than that. I I have a total expectation of us getting destroyed in that game. <laughs> and you, do you remember when we had nothing left to play for? Uh, Pochettino was in charge. We chased Leicester for the title, and then when we drew the Battle of the Bridge, they they were handed the title, and we just went apart. Yeah. You know, we had no. The squad had nothing left. They didn't do anything. And on the last game of the season, against an already relegated Newcastle, I think we lost 5-1. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm preparing for worse than that. See, because um, obviously if Arsenal only draw with our vastly superior goal difference, then it's, it's fine. But you know they're not yeah. going to draw. Like, they're... No, they're, they're not going to draw because they're motivated and yeah, they're not. Yeah. And, and this is... This is the thing that I think, again, comes back to how much this hurts me. Is last night, Aston Villa didn't really have a lot to play for. Aston Villa don't have any significant role to play. So they went out and just played football. They went out and they played football. But because they just went out and played football, they were pretty open. 
you know, we, we were able to open them up. You know, those first opening 10 minutes, if you like, well, the opening nine minutes <laughs> up until the moment we scored, ironically, or just comically almost, we were looking really good. It was like we opened the game, Aston Villa were there to play and were open. We were going to play and play on the front foot. We had Delhi in the side, which basically means we're playing four attacking-minded players again. It, it looked good. Bergwijn took his goal brilliantly. I mean, what a strike that was. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally just wrote in our group chat, picked that out, yeah. <laughs> wallop. Um, for a guy who's been so devoid of confidence visually, for him to do that was, was great. So I kind of, the opening of the game, I sat there and I thought, this we're going to play well. You can see that the, how this is going to go. Villa, going to be, Villa just want to play the game. It could end up being like 3-2 or something because we're not exactly the greatest defenders in the world. But then we scored and the game just changed. It, it was like we went 1-0 up and the whole team went, yay, we've done it. What? <laughs> it, it's like, what? 80-odd like minutes left of a game and you've just stopped. And... Uh, Sergio Reguilon is is a good left back. Anyone, everyone jumping on him right now needs to fuck off. All right, yeah. he's he's a good left back. He's a strong, powerful kid who's played his first season in the Premier League. He, he's adjusted. He arrived really good, and then you could see his fitness. You know, he, he struggled a little bit. He had an injury, and then since he's come back from that, the kid looks completely devoid of confidence. Literally, you watch him play, and he looks like someone who's a rabbit in the headlights. He looks like someone who's not sure what he's supposed to be doing. And unfortunately, that's you know, Jose was there. Jose's left. Ryan's coming in. I think Ryan's approach has just been basically, come on, guys, let's try and win a game. Yeah, and, he's gone how you written that, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to be detrimental to Ryan because he's not an experienced manager. He's not some tactical genius that we've brought in to try and manage out the rest of the season. He's a guy literally coaching in our academy in his late twenties who had to retire early from the game. He is learning what it is to be a coach it's literally part and parcel of what he is doing and i mean i'm just watching fans slaughter him for team selection tactics for substitutions and like you know what are you doing you're slaughtering the wrong person you want to slaughter someone for the position we're in the guy's bold and he sits up above us yeah do you know what i i, I agree and also i i Look, it's it's fairly obvious that Mourinho's completely done one over on us, isn't it? As well, mm. do you know? I don't. I know you're you're very much um, on it with Twitter, so I know, I know this is something that you've probably heard. But yeah. uh, I saw somewhere that there was a big rumor that um, he like Mourinho tapped Levy up basically in the Legends game. You know the one when yeah. we played yeah, was it yeah, Inter yeah, Milan? I remember, yeah. And they they think that's when basically. They, I don't know if it was I, I can't remember the actual story but something like they caught Mourinho talking to Levy or even yeah. read what he said and him saying I can do a, give give this squad to me I can do it but so it's almost like Mourinho kind of got Pochettino sacked because he's planted the seed in Levy's well, mind there's there's a there is a, a thing about that I mean a few people have put stuff together you know it's one in one makes two because he then got the job it looks kind of obvious uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, everybody knows that Daniel Levy's dream was to appoint Jose Mourinho. He was the manager he wanted at the club. Um, for whatever reason, he seemed to have this belief in his mind that getting a superstar level 
manager, which I've just done in air quotes. None of you can <laughs> see that, but I did. Um, was, was like the making of the club. Um, it certainly helped Amazon with their documentary, I'm sure. Mm. Um, but, it, 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 you know, to, to finish my point, I was talking about Sergio Regulon, and then I'll come back to that. Sorry, just because I want to finish it, because otherwise I'll forget. Is the, the kid had a nightmare. He, he sliced the ball in, which is an own goal. Uh, the kid tried to clear the ball twice, which then led to their second goal. At one, at some point during that moment, when that kid is having that much of a nightmare, someone in that team needs to talk to him and go, keep it simple for a bit. Mm. Don't try and overthink it. Don't try and do anything. Don't try and beat your man when you're in the back. Don't try and do anything. Just keep it simple for a bit. And if it's someone, someone in that team must have the leadership abilities... And we often talk about the goalkeeper being captain as an issue. It's his freaking left back. If the goalkeeper can't have an influence over the left back, how in the hell is he supposed to have an influence over the midfield or the attack? All he's got, like literally, that own goal, the only person who, like, I think it was Toby, like literally lifted him up and was like, come on, don't, you know, come on, we got to get on with this. Everyone else just, like, looked at him like he was a piece of shit. Mm. I mean, that's not a team. That's like a fractured... I mean, it just speaks volumes to me. Like, these these things happen. Like And even the commentator said earlier in the season, Toby Alderweire had scored an own goal. And then, and then he went and barreled one in at the other end. And so for the fact that, like, literally Toby's the only one picking him up, probably because he's thinking, oh, I've been here. You know, come on, get up. Eric Dyer's just stood there looking at him. And I'm thinking, Eric, come on, man. You're, you're better than this. Larice, you're better than you're the captain. <laughs> As the captain of the team, this shit happens in football. You can go in, you can clear the ball nine hundred and ninety nine times out of a thousand perfectly, and then that one time it spazzes off your leg and goes in. You know, it just happens. Yeah, of course. And he's yet, not he's not deliberately they, done it, has he? Yeah. No, and then but they crumbled. Like we scored the goal, we then seemed to sort of go off the ball, but and that happens. You know, teams you know get possession and stuff like that. But for us to then concede the young goal, they never recovered. It was like, that was it. It was like, oh, game over. Game over. This isn't our night. This isn't our day. You know, this is, you know, we're never going to win a game of football ever. It just You just watched the body language of every player out there. Um, I will say, because he gets so much abuse, I'm just going to say that Eric Dyer is not the best ball-playing defender in the world. But he will put his body on the line for this club constantly, and he did again last night. And the reason why he's getting picked is probably because of that. It's probably because he is putting in blocks, he is throwing himself in front of the ball, he is doing stuff like that. That's probably why. I, I mean, I know everyone's just so angry at the moment, so the minute someone does something wrong, they want to absolutely slam them, but... It's just so toxic, and the toxicity is like I, I feel it's just aimed constantly at the wrong people. Like everybody's angry at Mason, everyone's angry at the players. There is one person to blame for the mess we're in, and like I keep saying, he's bold and he's sat above us all in the stadium, and just people just seem to like buy into his bullshit when he literally tries to divide and conquer us. They attack the trust, so people were like, "Yeah, trust, it's a power grab." No, it wasn't. They, like, literally cannot be the fan rep. Like, the club, the, the, the trust are literally calling for somebody else to be a representative on the board. And people attack them for it. 
because Daniel Levy attacked them and people are just sheepling their way through this and like oh Ryan Mason's getting it all wrong well who put Ryan Mason in charge who put a, a guy with no experience at all rather than paying for somebody to come in I refuse to believe of all the managers out of work that are man managers that are people that like Jesus Christ even Harry Redknapp went on TV and said he'd he'd, he'd take the job if he'd been offered it Mm. Do you see what I mean? It's like, but it's money. He ain't gonna spend money on it. Oh, I've got Ryan here. That gets through. It's, it's bollock, and it's just constant, constant decision making all the time. If it is true, and I and I gotta be honest with you, I'm believing that it is. If it is true that they sacked Jose Mourinho when they did to cheapen his departure, because if he'd hit the targets, it would have cost them a lot more to get rid of him. So they literally fired him the week before a cup final. Then that literally means the owners of this club made the decision that money was more important than lifting that trophy. And yet those same owners just put out a statement and have been trying to say for the last few weeks, we're all about football. We're all about building a successful team on the pitch. It it doesn't add up. Like, you know, actions speak louder than words. And the words... Everyone's seeing through it now. Please, everybody see through it now. Mate, mate, it's, it's, it's all, yeah, and I, and I completely agree with you. And, it, and it's it's always it, it always comes down to money. It always mm. does. Yeah. Like I'll go off. To, I'll go. I'm going off topic, but I just very briefly want to kind of mention something that, that that makes me think of it. For example, so you know what on on Netflix, they've got quite a lot of documentaries at the moment around sort of. Um, uh, uh, climate and, and things like that and yeah, there's one yeah, yeah, there's yeah. one by Woody Harrelson uh, I forget what it's called uh, but it's about it's about soil and I think do you know what like how boring can a documentary about soil be right? yeah. but basically it, it goes along the lines of like a third of the planet's soil has been destroyed for, for crops basically you know and and it, 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 although we've lost a third of basically like what, what gives this planet life it comes down to money and it, oh, everything, everything in life, everything in the world, yeah. always comes down to money. It, that's where that's you follow the trail, and money's the end of it. And yeah. unfortunately, at Spurs, as much as we like to believe that, that so like Levy's a Spurs fan, right? We know he's a Spurs fan. He's, he, yeah. he, he supports Spurs. He's not like he's a goon that's come in. But yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, like you, like you said, and you've over the over the last few couple of months even you've really helped me understand how it works for the ownership because i know like you, you you're kind of uh you're not your knowledge when it comes to this kind of stuff is second to none so mm. I, I get i get and, and a lot of people that listen who have maybe listened before you've got like like you said on the podcast previously that you've got to understand that louis joe lewis uh yeah. and enoch they're they're just they're, it's an investment for them it is they're yeah. just seeing it like you said like you said the other week joe lewis has been to one game allegedly and he didn't even know yet to ask what colored shirts the spurs team were wearing he yeah. doesn't care about no. what happens on the pitch he literally could not give a flying fuck if we lost five nil six nil seven the only reason he cares possibly about the results is because the results will then give him more money but yeah. th- there's nothing there's no passion or anything like there's nothing like we've got as fans so it's just purely an investment for them they're looking at it from an investment point of view purely purely as an investment point of view so that's why 
the, the poor sods that got went to the game yesterday had to pay 60 quid a, 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 a oh, each to yeah, see that that's, shit. Let's that's, that's open that kind of frigging world. But, but, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's just like... And I know I've said this before... But look, look, I renewed my season ticket, and I, and I think I said to you a couple of days ago, I'm going to go Harry Kane on on Spurs now. I'm going to like you. You're, I'm giving you one more season. If we get another season yeah. of this, then you can have my season ticket. But at the same time, whereas it's going to be quite devastating to us, Harry Kane leaving uh, at the end of the season, it's mm. not going to be devastating to Spurs if I if I give up my ticket because it's going to be another yeah. mug that's going to pay the one one and a half grand or whatever I paid to sit in my seat. You know, so yeah, they, they, they don't they don't care. They really. No don't care and, 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 and that's the issue the issue like I, I i could not get over the the fan reaction to the ticket price like like for me I, i'm like i can afford 60 quid okay i'm in a position where 60 pound for a ticket to go to watch tottenham is not something that is going to bother me a lot of people aren't in that position but i'm not looking at it from a point of view of I feel I feel bad for those who can't afford it, okay? Which I do. To please don't take that the wrong way. But I'm looking at it from the point of view of, wait a minute. We have top the the highest price ticket for fans returning. The highest price is Tottenham. So the club chairman and everything have gone through the European Super League debacle. They've sat Mourinho before the cup final. The team have crumbled. The everything. The fans are mental and mad at them and they already know all of this before they price this game and yet they've still elected to price it the highest of any club in England <laughs> so Man City champions of, of the champions of England playing the best football in the country their fans got to go and watch their game for cheaper than what Tottenham fans paid to watch Tottenham last night against Aston Villa every club Every club, Liverpool, Man United, all of them, Chelsea, Burnley fans gave their tickets for free and not just said, make a donation to these charities the amount that you can. All of these clubs, the the, the so say, you know, big six or anything like that, we are the most expensive. Let that sink in, everyone, for a moment. And yet the fan reaction, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll pay it. They sold out those 10,000 tickets in a day. That's 10,000 at 60, 60 quid a pop, 600 grand or whatever that, that equates to being or whatever figure happens to be. That that money's just gone straight to the club to pay off the debts, everything like that. And yeah, that's fine, I suppose. But what the f- are we doing? Do, do, how How is this, how is this club ever going to be anything different when we, like the fan organisations, the fan groups all went, wow, 60 quid's a lot of money. What are you doing? And the club went, we've sold out. Yeah, they that's don't care, do they? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing. Do, do you know what's happened? What's happened to Spurs, mate? Genuinely, genuinely, this is what's happened. Yeah, they've lost their soul. Oh, massively! It's gone, isn't it? It's just, it's gone. Yeah. Until until yeah. Levy goes, until Enid goes, until it gets turned around, the soul has left the club. There, there was a thing, uh, a famous thing that is always said about, um, you know, there used to be a football club over there. Hmm. And it's it's a thing I've heard thrown around a lot by people slightly older than me, and I never really fully understood it until this season, I think. And that is the fact that there is 
<clears throat> no matter what they say, okay, no matter what statement they put out, because I'm going to come on to the bullshit statement from Daniel Levy, his end of year crap in a minute, but the whole kind of, no matter what they say, you cannot possibly tell me that the actions, which we all know speaks louder than words, the actions of the club suggest anything other than money first. You sack Mourinho the week before a final. If you have made the decision, this guy's made things toxic, this guy has done this, this guy's done this, and you've made that decision, we're going to have to let him go. We're going to have to because, you know, this hasn't worked the way we wanted it to work. Do you fire him a week before a cup final? No, you you, you don't. I mean, I, I'm a fan who wanted Mourinho to go, okay? I'm a fan who looked at it and went, Jesus, you know, the DNA of this club, everything about this club has been trampled on by this guy. I, I, I was willing to give him a shot. I was more than willing to give him a shot early in the season. I was praising, you know, some of the performances we put in because I thought maybe he has found the right combination where we can play attacking football. But be, but it just didn't work. It didn't work. He had to go. But days before a cup final, you've literally bought the guy in on the premise that he wins trophies. He wins one-off games. There's one manager in European football who's beat Pep Guardiola in a final. His name's Jose Mourinho. And you fire him before that final. And you've done that purely for financial reasons. How can you possibly, with a straight face, look at supporters and say, we're about football in success? Mm-hmm. Because, and don't get me wrong, we could have lost that final with Jose in charge just as well as we lost it with Ryan. I've, there was still no... There was no, there was no part of me that felt we were going to win that final, even with Jose in charge. But... It doesn't make logical sense, does it? Do you, other, do you know they... other than the fact, sorry, mate, just to finish, other than the fact that it is now known that if we had won that final, there was a trophy bonus in Jose's contract, and also it would have guaranteed us Europa League because the winners of the that get Europa League, and that would have triggered a secondary bonus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, 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 you're right. Sometimes you, you look at it and. You don't, you don't, you don't need, you don't need like actual physical evidence. You just look at yeah. it and it goes, this fits, doesn't it? This fits. Yeah. Like, there's no, yeah. give me, a, give me, a, give me an alternative to why he would be sacked six days before a cup final, exactly. when, like you say, he he's been brought in to win trophies, and th- th- arguably, is there anybody else on the planet that can win a win a final on a one-off better than Mourinho can? No, yeah, I, I don't I'll, believe I'll, it. No matter how angry and critical I am of that guy and what he did to our club I will stand by the fact in a one-off game I still think he's probably the best person yeah and I was going to say to you I don't know if you remember during the game they brought they put a stat on the screen and it was like the amount of games I think the amount of games managed and and finals Mm. played or managed in uh, and it was like it it was just shocking and and, and that's the thing it's like that's no disrespect to Ryan Mason but it just but it was such a stark it was just a stark figure or a stark uh, yeah, a stark yeah. set of figures of just how inept like inept Mason yeah. was compared to yeah. like not only the two squads but the the manager managerial experience yeah. you've got Pep Guardiola who's won trophies for fun you know Pep, Pep against Guardiola a guy who's been had won more trophies than Ryan Mason had managed games oh yeah just by a long alone. way a long just, way just, yeah by a long way by a long <laughs> way and 
to this moment, that is still true. Even with the next game coming against Leicester, when Ryan finishes his tenure as our interim coach, that will still be true. And that is maddening that they thought that that was the way forward. A squad, it just, it is a pure financial decision that has been made to the detriment of the football. Now, like I said, Josie could have lost that game. Of course he could have lost Mm. that game and probably would have lost that game. But to do that decision then just shows that it's not winning trophies that Enoch and Daniel Levy care about. It's not. Because if it was, you'd wait. And if he won it, then you'd wait to the end of the season to pull the trigger. If he didn't win it, you'd pull the trigger the next day. But you, they didn't want to take the risk, did, did it? They? No, they, that's literally it. They didn't want to take the risk of us winning something. <laughs> no, it's insane, let's, let's, it? let's, let's let that sentence really burn a hole in everyone's brain for a moment. They didn't want to risk us winning a trophy. I mean, Jesus, guys. I mean, and and then they just based it on hope. They based it on hope that some miracle would happen, that Mason and the team would just somehow win that game. And if they did, they'd all be hailed as wonderful geniuses and we've got our Tottenham back and all of that. And I'd have been amongst that. I'd have been celebrating like a loon and I'd have loved it. But it is bullshit. It is just this smoke and mirrors Keep people paying the money. Just keep them coming through the turnstiles. Keep them flooding into this great big stadium, which is laboured with the highest debt of any club in Europe. Yes, that's true. That is a frightening statistic. That is true. It doesn't matter how many things you look up. Doesn't matter how many people try and tell you, oh yeah, but this part's this, this part's that, this part's this. I know the financial breakdown of our debt. Literally, my job is in financial services. I looked at it. I understand it. I understand the interest roll-up. I understand the repayment programs. I understand the difference between the government loan and the short-term facility and then the long-term facility with the bonds. And I can tell you, categorically, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) The debt is so vast now that literally the stadium, which in a statement just a few days ago, Daniel Levy said... All the money from our wonderful new stadium goes back into the club. He worded that yeah. well, didn't he? It isn't going back into the team in recruitment and everything like that. Because it's going back into the club now to pay the bloody debt. Because it's so high. You know, now, yes, right? I'm going to say this now. And yes, I'm going to say the pandemic is something nobody in football, Daniel Levy included, could have predicted. And yes, the timing of us completing that wonderful stadium just for a pandemic to hit is, well, Tottenham. That's that's just Tottenham all over. It's like, yeah, we got the new stadium. We're not allowed in it, but never mind. You know, the the fact is we've played more games behind closed doors than we have in that stadium. As with fans, I mean that, that you know. I think it was sixty games has been played there with no fans at all. Um, about two with partial fans. Uh, sorry, no, four with partial fans because of the test events, and then about twenty uh, something with capacity. It, it's it's maddening <laughs> that, that that's that's the reality. But this is this is where we are. Like we can deal with all of these kind of like. Um, we shouldn't be here, you know, we should be there, you know, how has this happened? Yeah, it's it's happened through bad management. It's happened through 
crap decisions. Mauricio Pochettino gave us two of the best years and then screamed his head off practically as loud as that man could in a professional way. Remember, everybody must remember, we need to rebuild. A painful rebuild. The club needs to operate differently. The club needs to, And all of us listened to his press conference going, oh, what are you <laughs> trying to say there then? The club need to be brave. The bravery of the club was then to go three to four windows without signing a new player. Was that brave? No. Was it stupid? Yeah. The, the club stood still. It's like we reached a level and the club went, oof. Brilliant. All right, uh, just maintain that. Will you tread water for me? And everyone else went flying past. I mean, Jesus, West Ham are ahead of us. Now, West Ham fans are the most annoying bunch of people in the world ever because they try and get this rivalry with us when one Mm. doesn't really exist. And I say this without trying to be overly detrimental, but they're not. They, They have not been at our level. So when they beat us, they celebrate like they've won the FA Cup, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's fair enough. If I was in their position, I'd be really happy to beat the team you consider the the big rival. But now they are ahead of us, and they're ahead of us on merit. They're ahead of us yeah, they because deserve they played it, yeah. better football this season. They deserve to be ahead of us. Chelsea are back ahead of us a couple of years ago, and then Richard Pochettino, we were very much level with Chelsea, very much competitive above them you know i think we finished above them two seasons in a row we were the top team in london arsenal we knocked from we not only overtook them we left them in the dust really you know we we just arsenal didn't become a consideration anymore i didn't even think about arsenal taking going past us in the league until two weeks ago when i suddenly went this team aren't even trying anymore And I realised that Arsenal are trying. And the reason why Arsenal are trying is because their players are motivated to beat us. Their players are motivated to finish higher than Tottenham because they know at the end of this season, if they do that on the last day even, their fans are going to love their summer giving it to us. They haven't won a trophy. They haven't done anything this season that is significant that is at the level that Arsenal fans expect from their club. But their fan, the players know and the coaching staff know if they get past Tottenham for the first time in, what, four or five years, they've achieved something. Tottenham players look like they don't give a crap. And that's the problem. That is the, I'm not saying all of them, but the vast majority are just going through the motions ahead of the Euros and ahead of a summer off. And you can see it, and we've been seeing you, it for weeks. You know, I know, I know that the, the the blame ultimately comes down to Levy, and I completely agree with you. But I think when you're yeah. talking about the squad and the squad's attitude, I, the, the blame for me lays firmly yeah. at the door. Mourinho, he he kind of brought in this culture of this like a spiteful culture, yeah. wasn't it? And a, and a culture of work players against Agreed. each other. You know, com- the complete opposite to what yeah. uh, Pochettino had. And like and like you said with the with, yeah. with the regular known goal. Right, like you say, Levy, uh, Levy um, Toby's picked him up because Toby, you know you can imagine Toby's had. Yeah. But look, I, I don't, I, I don't want this. To, I don't want this to sound like a criticism to uh, Lloris, but as a captain, like you say, he should be the one. Yeah. Get, but it's almost like Mourinho's. He's brought in this that hasn't now. That's still lingering. This, this, this kind of like you're, you're an idiot. You know, you're an idiot. Get up. You know. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it, yeah. it just, it goes completely against what. What creates a sec- see? I, th- 
see, I'm saying it goes com- completely against what creates a successful team because, and I'm saying that although Mourinho's as massively successful, but yeah, but and and that changed. yeah, he 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 was massively successful with an era of players that perhaps were motivated by that style of management. You've now moved on. The world's moved on. You know, everyone like laughs about oh bloody millennials or, or, or whatever, but. People are different. People are different. Like, men are now talking about their mental health a lot more. This is a good thing. But these young men who were there playing at football, and Mourinho's absolutely torturing them, are far more likely to want to go and have a chat about it than in the past, where they would have been like, I need to leave this club, or, right, that's it, I'm going to show him, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to improve, stuff like that. You know, you only got to look at Man United in Luke Shaw. Mourinho destroyed him in public body shamed him like literally absolutely pillared him and the guy now looks like one of the best left backs in the country and because he's had a manager come and put his arm around him motivate him and work with him he's worked with a fitness coach he isn't just getting mentally abused which is what he was under jose there are tottenham players in the squad you can tell are just destroyed like uh, Bergwijn is a good example. Bergwijn came into the side red hot, and then got bit part, and then got told he wasn't good enough. Then got told he needed to work his way back. Um, was you know just any time he came in, he'd like hit the post and stuff, and like the fans got on it a bit, and that's fine. You know that's what happens. He got abused by our fans online, by the way. Which how the mm. hell is that going to help anybody? You know he had to delete his Instagram for a while. And then the guy comes in last night, he barrels that goal in, like, because he got called up to the Holland squad. And I remember reading on Twitter someone saying, oh, it's quite good he's starting because he's got to be feeling pretty good. You know, he's made the Holland squad, even though he's not had a great season, already played. He's got to be on a bit of a high. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll see a confident Steven Bergwijn. And we did. But you can also see how quickly that confidence is gone. And that's because of what this season's done to them. You can see the players all the time. Just they're like one moment away from just crumbling into mm. into a heap. And that moment was Regulon slicing a clearance yeah. into his own net, and he literally crumbled mm. into a heap. And the rest of the squad just followed. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. So bad. <laughs> and people paid sixty pound mm. a ticket to go and see it. And they let them know. I mean, you know, at half time they booed. At full time they really booed, and the club turned up the PA system. They don't care. That's why, mate. They don't care. Well, no, it's all about perception. They know a bigger audience is watching on TV, and they don't want that bigger audience and their sponsors to hear them being booed. I mean, it was bad enough that they left all of those flags in place and sat those people paying sixty quid a ticket up <sighs> into the top tier. So they're not as close to the pitch as they could have been. That, to me, was a decision of, like, what are you doing? Why have you done that? Oh, wait, you've done that because you know the fans are going to be pissed off. So we're going to charge you £60 a ticket, stick you in the gods. Don't get me wrong, that stadium's beautiful, and you can see a great view from there. And And I'm not saying, you know, this is kind of like the new camp level for the away fans where basically you need binoculars, a telescope and someone describing <laughs> the action to you. This is, you know, it's great. But 
at the same time for an atmosphere don't you want the atmosphere to be like Alex don't you want them to be down as close to the pitch you, you know the old design of the stadium remember we want our fans right on the pitch we want them really close we've designed it so it's really close and then you get the opportunity to get 10,000 fans back and you go do you know what mm. stick them up there uh, why, why do we want to do that Daniel well you know the camera won't see them and that's the reality that's that's it the, the, we could hear them but we couldn't see them. We couldn't see them with their sign saying Levy out. We couldn't see them everything. The reporters who stayed afterwards, of course, reported on the fact there were a loud chance of Levy out. There were a loud chance of we want our club back. Loud chance of... 60 quid um, you're having a laugh. When it was one all of All sorts. Yeah, yeah. 60 quid you're having a laugh. That ran around a fair few times. Three. They estimate about 3,000 fans stayed in their seats. Because at the end of the season, the club... The, fan, the players do a lap of honour. You know, they come out, they salute the fans, and they refuse to leave. And the tannoy system kept saying, you know, please leave and please leave in a socially distanced manner. And they stayed and they kept chanting how crap everything is. The squad came back out, applauded them, and then the players left. Uh, sorry, the fans left. But they had to stick. They had to stick there. They had to stay there. They had to make a point. They had to drive that thing home. Of course. The only thing that visually everybody saw from the end of that game is Harry Kane. Harry Kane walked around the pitch. He walked around the pitch applauding the Tottenham fans that were in there. And he walked around doing so, uh, just my opinion, but the guy looked like he was fighting back tears. I have. It's, it's, a, it's a really sad end, mate, isn't it? You know, it's a really sad end to, to it for him, yeah. I think. I, I, like, I, I know yeah. you, you go through... Yeah. You go through different emotions, and like you know, I'll have moments when I think I fucking hate you. <laughs> you know, I'm leaving. And other moments, you're like, I don't yeah. blame you. You know, it's, it's all these different emotions you get with him. But yeah, when I yeah. saw that, I just thought, you know what? He just doesn't deserve it, does he? He doesn't deserve that. And he and he's no. got that because no. directly of from Le- because of Levy and Enoch. That's why he's got that ending. Yep. Yep, and that, and that's it. And it, this is. This is a scenario where you've got a player, and and this is the question that people need to be asking themselves. Because I know a lot of people are going, "Oh well, he can sort off then." Um, you know, he never scored in a final. He's on about winning trophies. What's he done to win trophies for us? Well, you know, shelve that for a minute because wow, I can't even begin to point out how bad an argument that is. But let's focus on the fact that this is a kid who supports Tottenham. His family are all Tottenham fans. His brother, who was a season ticket holder at Tottenham before Harry ever made it. And still is was was at the game last night. By the way, um, is his manager? If a die-hard Tottenham fan who came through the academy to play for Tottenham and become England captain and live in the Roy the Rovers dream, from a family of die-hard Tottenham fans who obviously want Tottenham to be successful, is ready to not only ask to leave but to force his way out. Like he's not just asked to leave. He is trying to force his way out of the club because he knows the club are going to do everything they can. So it's going to get. It is already getting nasty that he is trying to get. Out. He is trying to escape the club that he loves and his family loves. If a player like that is doing that, what the hell? You know, how can people be on at him? The thing should be, why? Why has that happened? Why has it got to a point where this guy who loves the club, family loves the club, is all about Tottenham, is having to force his way out of the club? 
and no one seems to be looking at that going wow yeah. that's that's a terrible situation and it has been caused 100% by the mismanagement of the club this guy signed that six year deal I think it was in like 2018 and when he signed it he was like I'm signing this because you know the stadium's coming Mauricio Pochettino's in charge yeah we haven't won anything yet but it feels like we're right there we are challenging the you know Daniel Levy has talked about the ambition the stadium being finished and you know a new players coming in and everything like that and they fucked him he signed that deal and they've done nothing. Just gone down, haven't they? Just gone downhill. They, they've, they've done nothing to warrant that, you know, six-year deal for a player, any player, any club, is massive. It is It's like you're literally saying, I want my career to be at this club. Because at the time he signed it, he was like 24, so I think, 23. He's 27 now, so three years ago, so 24, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he signed it knowing that if he stayed here for those six years, that is the prime. That is it. So he's doing it on the basis of, I want to be at this club for their life. You know, he did it purely on that basis. Yeah, and I'm going to play for this club and this is going to be achieve something for this club. <clears throat> Every interview when his future came up, he always said, yeah, I want to win things and I want to win things here. But, and he'd always taper it and he's always been very clear if the club don't match that ambition, then I'm going to have to go because that's my ambition. But as long as the club, because he never said once, you know, <clears throat> if this club doesn't win trophies, I'm off. He said, if this club aren't trying to win trophies, if he doesn't feel like the club's competing to win things, then he's going to leave. So he's reached the point where he's looking at the direction to being purely downward and nothing's being done to correct it. And that's why he wants to leave. Mm. And and it's it's beyond upsetting to me. It is beyond me and you said on this podcast, like right when we first started recording, that like players come, players go, managers come, managers go. The the, the club's gonna, you know, the club's been here a hundred years. It'll be here for another hundred. You know, the club will go on no matter what. It'll go on without me and you as fans. If we both tear up our ticket, you know, it's gonna go on. It's gonna go on. And we said, and I think I said to you, the only player leaving this club that is going to hurt me is Harry Kane. And and it is genuine hurt. It is a genuine feeling because what has had to happen for him to want to leave so badly that he's willing to rip up his legacy? This is the guy who wanted to be our top goal scorer. This is the guy who wanted to set records. This is the guy whose ambition is everything to be Mr. Tottenham. And he's he's now so far past that, he's so far gone, he is literally leaking to the press with games to go that he wants out, that he was promised he'd be allowed to leave. And yeah, that's come from him. That's come from him. It's not come from anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> the fact the club issued a statement on it shows you that it's true as well, by the way. The club don't comment on transfer stories. They never have. Transfer rumours, they don't get involved in it. They commented on this <laughs> because mm. it's bloody true. And it was pointed at him. Their reply was everybody should be focusing on the last two games Distraction, and man. that's it. So they. It just, it's it's, it's, oh, it's the same. So, I was going to say, it's so the same. Is, uh, and I won't go into detail with it, but it's, just, it's the same with politics. Like, you know, it's kind of just, just distract everybody, like, from what, you know, 
look at look what he's doing. Look what they're doing, and then you haven't got to think about what what they're actually doing themselves. You know, and that's what they, they they've got it down to a fine art. And the, and the more money you've got, the more ability you have to do that. You know, obviously, like you know, in in, in yeah, government, well, you've the... got you know <clears throat> newspapers. You can put stories out. So let's read read that newspaper and worry about what this guy is doing. He's, this guy's coming over on a boat. You know, trying to get uh, from France or whatever. Get angry with them. So you haven't got to think about what we're doing. And that's exactly what what. Enoch yeah. are doing. They're just like you know. Look at what. Look at Harry Kane. Look, he wants to leave. Like he's, he's he's talking about wanting to leave before the end of the season. Get angry with him, but then it distracts you completely yeah. from. And that's it. And that and that is it. Because I do go through the emotion of being angry with him. I have gone through the emotion of I am annoyed. And don't get me wrong, I am annoyed. He 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 didn't need to leak that with two games to go. In my in my opinion, he didn't need to do that. Literally, the last day of the season, the full-time whistle could have gone and his brother could have walked to the press box and go, right, guys, mm. who's ready? Because <laughs> I've I got some stories for you. And that would have been better than what's happened here. But it feels like something must have triggered it because for him, who is ultra-competitive and ultra-wants-to-win everything, including every game, including, you know, he's the sort of guy that if someone said to him, hey, I bet I can eat my breakfast faster than you, you know yeah, he'd try yeah, and sure. win that. Do you know what I mean? He just... For him to... He isn't... He also isn't naive. And for people to keep coming out and going, no, the speculation isn't affecting the team. Of course it's not. Is bollocks. No one yeah. is that naive. We as the fans know it's affecting the team because it's mm. affecting us. They're human beings. How many times have people had to keep saying, like, we watch that documentary. They're all sat there watching Sky Sports News with their breakfast. We know they do it. We know they're all sat in there watching it. So that means they're all sat there with Harry sat over there going, oh, oh, you're off then. Yeah. <laughs> because they're sat there watching it with reporters going into... X amount of detail that anyone in that squad would go, well, that's only come yeah. from one place, and it's yeah. you, isn't it, H? So they know, they know that the best player in the squad is literally trying to force his way out. How how do you feel? Do you get your agent on the phone and go, hey, you know, this place is sinking ship, I need out? Do you, do you go to the manager? Oh, yeah, we don't got one. <laughs> what the fuck it is a mess do you shout across the room oi Boldy you know what are you going to do about this <laughs> probably not someone should Danny Rosewood Danny <laughs> Rose would say it to him oh, Danny Danny Rose I he, he mean he must just show up to that club every day at a moment just laugh for the money. I'll, uh, I'll, eat, I'll eat my breakfast I'll just sit here and laugh in your face for 45 minutes and you're paying me for go home again um <laughs> and then I'll go home again, yeah. Or oh, I might kick a ball about the under twenty threes, they're a nice bunch. Um yeah, absolute shower of shit. Mate, it's time we hand over to fans of Facebook and Instagram for any of their questions. Um because otherwise I'm just gonna sink into a Harry Kane fit of absolute <laughs> despair, I think. Now it's time for your comments. Right then, we're going to start your Instagram, we are, because I'm speaking Welsh now, and I see. On Instagram, we got a question from Matt Fulser underscore 16. I'm going to stop doing the Welsh now, I promise. After a loss, I'm usually sad and annoyed, but right now I just feel empty. I hold pride in my membership as I got it as a birthday present when I was a kid, and I've made sure I renew it every year. 
But I don't know if I want to now, and all this year is showing me is that the club only cares about my money. So my question is, what do you think I should do? Renew it for another year in the hope that things can only get better, or cancel it as a small way of showing my displeasure at how the club is run? Sorry if this was a bit long. Love the pod and keep up the good work. Now, that's a very pointed question when you consider the conversation we had last night. My, my, my suggestion to you, mate, is don't renew it and spend the money on a season ticket at your local club. Well, he's talking about membership, not season ticket. Yeah, but it probably costs the same. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, Matt, last night, genuinely... I cancelled my membership for me and my daughter. Uh, we uh, One Hotspur members have been for years. So I don't know how long. Back when it was called Lily White Club or whatever the hell it was. Um, my daughter as well. Because she loves getting the birthday cards from the club. And the little the little pack that they get. You know, it's something really special. And we shared it every year. Um, but no, I cancelled it last night. I, I made the decision. And, and it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Like, what can I do? What gesture can I make? What kind of... Um, I go on this podcast, I try and do everything I can to promote the club, to support the club. Um, what what can I do? And it's like this tiny, tiny, insignificant gesture of mine, which is, no, you're not having 60-odd quid from me this year. Um, to you, it doesn't mean shite. To me, it means a lot. It's like being part of the club. Parting with that money every year meant nothing. Getting the little pack, getting the the birthday card stuff like getting like just feeling a part of it meant something but no i, I cancelled it last night i actually put it on twitter um i took a screenshot i think i showed you as well yeah. just like no i'm done I'm, i've cancelled it. i've done it because i know if i think about it too much i won't do it mm. i know if i sat on that and dwelled on it i just let it renew but there was something about it that happened in the day which is last week i had an email from them an email said your payment will be taken on the 23rd of August. And anyone listening to this, please do check this to see if everyone got the same. It said the 23rd of August, you know, these are the bank details, you know, these are the details, these are all the benefits you're going to get, you know, and we'll be in touch again soon. I then got one yesterday telling me they were going to take my money on the 23rd of May. Now, are you telling me that the club suddenly changed all of the direct debits? for a reason other than the fact that likelihood is Kane's leaving then they know a shitload of people are going to cancel mm. if they leave it until the 23rd of August they'd lose a shitload of money and so they've moved it from the 23rd of August to the 23rd of May everyone check your emails if you're a member your kids are members whatever check your emails mine was the 23rd of August and then yesterday it said we're going to take it on the 23rd of May and I cancelled it it was like I watched that game last night and if we'd won last night I probably wouldn't have cancelled it. I probably would have just hung in there on this kind of... If we'd won last night, no matter what happened on the final day, we'd finish above Arsenal. And that would have just given me that little bit of kind of a... Okay, fair enough. No matter what happens on the last day, I don't have to deal with that. And, you know, we move on. We move on. We get a new manager. We move on. But the Harry Kane situation, the fact I got that email... Uh, yeah, I was done. And so, uh, Matt, um, it's, a, it's a personal decision. I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what I did. And I made the decision after years, and I'm talking a long time of being a member to cancel it. And there's a little box where you get to tell them why. 
And boy, did I tell him why. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to read it. It was like a friggin' essay. I, I, I was very polite though. I didn't swear once, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was to the point. Um, the next one's from the Johnny Stark. Seeming as how Harry wandered around the pitch at the end, and the look on his face is the look at the fans. Do you think that was the last time he played a home game in a Spurs shirt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Darren Ward.3 says, Did you notice that the fans were up the bleachers? Seems ridiculous as having fans near the pitch would have created a better, better atmosphere. Add to the fact they paid 60 quid for the pleasure of watching that rubbish and they couldn't even be on the lower tiers. Yeah, we, we've covered that, man. It was it was bonkers. Pleasure's, just... the, pleasure's the wrong word as well, using the wrong word. <laughs> It is. Um, so we're heading over to Facebook now. And we've got Liam Hickey who says, A bit of fun as getting tired of Tottenham. What's your favourite Tottenham chant and perform it? Honestly, if it wasn't for your updates, I don't know how much interest I'd have these days. Um, thanks, Liam. I appreciate that you do that. And I've got to be honest with you, mate. Um, dragging myself to do this and dragging myself to the page and stuff like that is purely because of comments like yours and other people's. If, if we didn't have many people listening to us, I don't think I'd have done this week. I think I'd have gone, we're calling it. <laughs> we called it early. Um, we're calling it early. We're a t- TKO knockout. Um, my favourite Spurs chant, um, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, it's to do with Sol Campbell, <laughs> um, and and there's a reason for it because I was quite I was a lot younger when I got taken to a game and I heard it for the first time, and my my poor older brother had to fully explain <laughs> what, what the yeah why are they saying that well they're saying it because but what does that mean well it means this oh <laughs> so yeah I can't perform that what about you Matt come on Matt you go to every game you can tell tell me there must be one that always makes your you know hairs on your neck stand on end mate do you know what i go to the come on you spurs god you spurs yeah, yeah. I, I i i find myself in the my, my local shop is the co-op in um where i live and yeah. they've got their little co-op radio and they always play the old songs yeah and there's a song that this chant was nicked from and it really gets me every time, man. Okay. He's magic, you know. Oh, oh no, yeah. It just, oh, honestly, when we man. was, those two years that I know you mentioned earlier, earlier yeah, we were just it so was, happy. It was amazing. And like, it was truly amazing. And I look, remember. we didn't win a single trophy, no. but what I would give to go back to those days again, mate. Yeah, I mean, I just, there's a, there's a saying and it's a famous saying, um, which is, if only someone could tell you you're in the good old days yeah. when you're in the good old days, yep. so you appreciate them more. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that's going to come again. Um, Nick Cook says, G'day, lads. G'day. Uh, Nick, g'day. Um, Nick, oh, Nick's proper Australian. G'day, lads. It's with most games this season, I've regretted <laughs> the decision to wake up in the middle of the night in Australia to watch a game. Looking into the summer and next season as a whole is the first time I have that real deep concern. I don't know where my accent is. It's going a bit but... South African, mate. Yeah, no, they, they, the players, they want the leaf. The lack of options come in as they manage it. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, mate. Um, I'm trying to make myself laugh because I've had such a crap morning. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, looking into the summer and the next season as a whole, it's the first time I've had a real deep concern. The players want to leave. The lack of options to come in as a manager. What Pock did was take us so very close. 
we didn't win. It seems like we were holding on to that still two years later. Maybe this summer does need to be a very holistic start from fresh. Yes. Reports. Yes. Uh, to be honest with you, Nick, is is starting again. Um, literally, it's a wipe the slate. Um, uh, it's going to be painful to watch some of these players leave. Um, um, it's very, very painful. Same. Kane in a Man City shirt and, it's, and like the next season you know he's going to bang in what, some goals against us what, what, whatever whatever shirt he puts on is just going to feel wrong oh. it's going to hurt um, you know like when player transfers a link you see the the digital makes up of them wearing the opposite the other team's mm. shirt I've been looking at those for days and it just hurts me um, but it's not just him I mean Sonny has an option to go to Bayern Munich that's been on the table for some time um, do the club cash in on both um, I mean that's serious money I think the the deal with Bayern was between 60 and 70 million um, that they're willing to pay for Sonny um, and if Harry goes Sonny wants to go and I don't blame him I think Sonny if you look at his performances since that link came up possibly he's already like Harry made the decision he wants to go or is now feeling super gutted that he signed the new deal <laughs> um, so yeah I, I, I don't know uh, Nick whatever happens I mean here's the thing I, I'm pretty cut up about everything and I am really really cut up about everything and I am happy that this season's about to end so I can just forget football for a little bit um, but I'm, I'm going to be a Tottenham fan for my life I'm always going to be a Tottenham fan and for the last few days I've had this kind of like maybe in the final podcast I say I'm done maybe in the final podcast I say to you Matt it's time for you for next season to find a different co-host maybe I don't want to spend as much time with this club anymore maybe yeah. for my mental health I need a break but I'm going to be a Tottenham fan no matter what I'm just always going to be that's that's the thing and I, I can approach it different ways I can approach it in this kind of like hyper over the top oh my god we've lost the game or I can approach it from the point of view of you know let's, let's just try and find joy where there is joy and I think that's going to be my approach next season because I know how painful this summer is going to be. I know how horrible it's going to be watching Harry Kane play for another club. I know how tough it's going to be to try and recruit any player to join us when all the club looks like from the outside right now is a massive downward spiral. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it, it's crap. It's the worst I've felt about Tottenham in a long, long time. And possibly the worst I've ever felt about Tottenham. Because when we were really crap in the night, this is just what I knew. There's no expectation, was there? No, no. It was just, this is normal. This is what being a Tottenham fan is. And then that changed. And now, to go back to that, to go back to mid-table, to go back to having nothing to play for past Christmas, to go back to being knocked out of the Cups in the third round by Leighton Orient, second, third team, blind, you know, visually impaired 11. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> but anyway, right, moving on. Um, Nick, uh, good day. I uh, hope you have a lovely time in Australia. Uh, Wallaby and all that stuff. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, there you go. Um, Alpesh K. Patel. Alpesh says, did we really spend £250 million since the Champions League final? Sam Levy pointed that out. Uh, Alpesh, technically, if you round up every transfer fee to their fullest, they could possibly be uh, just under. So he's rounded it, but not by a lot. It's about 240 something. Um, but <laughs> the thing is, is he's pointed that out like 
This is some amazing... Th- he's like, you know, since we lost that Champions League final, we've invested 250 million in players. You're saying that like that's a good thing, that we've spent a quarter of a billion pounds on players yeah. and we've gone backwards. backwards. Yeah. That just goes to show, Daniel, that you've done your job shockingly. <laughs> and yet you've done that like a brag. You've you've said that in that statement, like, this is a good thing. Look what we've done. <laughs> you know, look what we've done. Yeah, we can see what you've done. You know, Tangi Ndombele is one of the most talented footballers I've seen, genuinely. I watch that guy and I'm like, wow, how did he do that? But I still have pretty severe question marks over whether he is suited to the Premier League, genuinely, because he doesn't seem fit ever. Maybe a manager can get him fit that isn't Jose, but he just doesn't seem it to me. Lachelso, what a phenomenal footballer player. He's got an injury record that rivals Lamella. <laughs> you know, I think since he arrived with us and we completed a signing, he's not completed any more than two games in wow. a row wow. without then being out of the team again. That's that's insane. You mm. can't invest. I mean, those two players are a hundred million of that two hundred and fifty, and they 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 were both on the bench yesterday. Yeah. Um, Bergwijn scored the goal. Other than that, that's his first goal this season for an attacking player. He cost twenty seven something million. <laughs> Our recruitment is shocking. We identify players. Our scouting network is very good. And I've had a very incredible, wonderful insight into that for years until this season. And they identify players and the talent is phenomenal that they identify. And also we've had people in positions that have negotiated and have got quite incredible deals lined up that the club have then just squandered. They've they've turned away from for one reason or another. I, I could list them all, but it's just painful, so I'm not going to. But we have a serious issue in the structure of the club, the recruitment. You know, you look at Leicester and the recruitment they make. Leicester recruited a guy out of the third tier of the French football that has gone on to be arguably one of the best defensive midfielders to ever play the game in the Golo Kante. They plucked a guy from, I think it was the second tier of French football, Rad Mares, who's now won more trophies in England than the entirety of the Tottenham squad put together. These players cost them less than a million pounds. They then sold them for significantly more than that. Mm. <laughs> but they've then recruited well again. Like they, like they recruit so well because that's what they do. They know they have to. Tottenham, it's almost arrogance. It's almost like someone sits down with friggin' football manager and goes, oh, he's good. Yeah. And they just throw money at it. Like, yeah, we'll spend 250 million. That'll make us better. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have a football brain. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Stepan Stefan, who used to be a friend of mine, says, what's your starting lineup for the first game of next season? Realistic signings or youth, no fancy football stuff? Uh, to be honest with you, mate, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. I don't think we can do it on this podcast. I will think about it for the next one, which is the final show of the season, the kind of season wrap. Um, but for this one, I, I mean, I know what you've done. You've tried to get me to say that Harry Kane won't be in the team, and I know that's what you were trying to do. So sod off. Um, 
Marty R says, I'm writing this before the Villa game, so could be proved completely wrong, but why have Spurs fans been so in- insipid in their protests after the initial European Super League week? United, Chelsea and even Arsenal made the headlines, but aside from a couple of dozen at the game a few weeks ago, there's been nothing. Um, Marty, there was a protest last Saturday that made the news, made every paper. I mean, there were about... I think the estimate was anywhere between 500, 600, 700 fans there outside the ground. And they made a lot of noise and they were there for quite a while. So there has been a pretty significant protest. And, of course, last night after the game, uh, a fair few that were still there made their voices known as well. Um, I mean, the club have been lucky, really, that the fans haven't been allowed in. Mm. (laughs) Uh, John Coy's Hannon, what a great middle name for a Tottenham fan. <laughs> he says Tottenham have been reinvesting just twenty percent of revenue in net player expenditure since stadium opened. Oh God, someone's going figures heavy. <laughs> Post COVID, that a hundred million pound net on top of potentially another hundred million from clearing out a bloated squad. Surely two hundred million is enough to buy the three winning players we need to convince Kane to stick with Tottenham for another season. John, that ain't happening, man. Yeah. He, he he got convinced to stay last summer. Um, we're now learning that he literally wanted to leave last summer. Man City were willing to buy him. He was up for leaving. The club talked him into saying, we said on this podcast a couple of times, and I hate that we've been proven right, he was playing this season like a man who was throwing everything at it. It was, it was was He played this season like a man who was like, okay, this is it. This is the chance. This is the final attempt to win something and do something with the club I love. Top of assists, top of goals. The guy was Roy of the Rovers for us for months. You can't do that for an entire season, especially when you're playing four competitions. But he has been phenomenal for us all year. There ain't no convincing him because he's been lied to in the past, like we have by Daniel Levy, and he's seen through it. Daniel Levy cannot say anything to Harry Kane right now that is going to convince him to stay. The only thing Daniel Levy can do is say, you've got three years left on your contract, then I'm not selling you. You can sulk, you can throw your toys out of pram, you can hand in a transfer request, you can literally do whatever the hell you want, Harry, but I'm not going to sell you. And you can get that through your head, or you can go away and go AWOL, and then I'll just pay you to sit at home, you know, breach a contract. That is the, the only thing that Daniel Levy can literally do to keep him at the club, is to do that. And that is sad, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, that is the situation, and that and that is that is the line that Daniel Levy's putting out. That is the line coming from the club, which is he ain't going. The line is, I don't care. If someone bids 150 million, 200 million, you're not leaving. I don't care if you hand in a transfer request. I don't care if you threatened or not. Uh, there is a rumour that he's already refused to do the press for next season's kit. That's why they delayed the kit launch. There, you know, because there's pictures of a load of the players wearing it, not Harry. So it's already getting nasty. And it will spill out. Like the minute that last game's done, the club's PR machine will go into trying to make Harry Kane to be the biggest villain in the history of the world. Because if they do plan on selling him, they have to make him the villain in this. They mm. have to. Because to try and save face with the fans, they need to be like, We didn't want to sell him, we wanted to keep him, but he forced his way out. It's already the narrative. It's already the thing that's going on. And it will get worse the minute the last game goes. Mm-hmm. Mark Ivey says, If Levy sells Kane to a Premier League rival, will fans turn on him completely? Sadly, Mark, no. 
um, to be honest with you, because of the reasons I just said. Um, he, he, They will push this narrative that Kane has forced this, and Kane is the villain, and Kane doesn't love you like we love you. You, you, can, you can feel it now, and it's happened before. And Harry, the, the big difference is there are a lot of fans that are kind of like, yeah, right, Harry, thank you, good luck. In the past, Berbatov, Modric, Bale, people were like, don't go, don't leave us, you know, we're going to be this. People have got such an affection for Harry and have such a belief in that he doesn't want to hurt us, but he's just had enough, that they're kind of like on his side. Yeah, yeah. How the club are going to handle that, I don't know. So Mark, I sadly know that they'll still sell out the bloody stadium. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's ever going to impact them to do things differently is if they start realising that the tickets aren't being sold. It's the only thing, but it won't happen. I mean, I, I love the guy. I love Sonny. And I love the fact that we've got this whole support from South Korea. But if Harry leaves, I can I can just imagine there'll be just more South Korean fans in the stands. Which, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But what I mean is the club are just... They don't care who pays as long as someone is paying. Mm. And, that, and that's the reality. That's... Uh, anyway. Uh, Barry Fowles says, What Levy needs to do is buy Grealish. <laughs> what again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bamford up front is back up to Kane world class centre back and a right back and then stick Rodgers or Simeone in charge and win something oh this guy sorted it if it was only that simple eh? <laughs> yeah what will actually happen is we'll let Kane go on deadline day sign no one have a load of money in the bank end up with Scott Parker in charge <laughs> how realistic is this statement or how pessimistic my, my fear is that the Kane thing rumbles on and we don't sign anyone mm. when Gareth Bale left there was a clear philosophy or policy which is he is leaving we are going to sign the players first because we know he's leaving we're just working out the fine print but we know he's leaving so when Bale did finally go we had the players in they'd already arrived the recruitment was awful (laughs) but the deals got done and they got done and they were there if you get the recruitment right then selling Harry Kane could improve the team. I know that sounds bonkers. You can't replace Harry Kane. Harry Kane's world-class. And for Tottenham, he's irreplaceable. As a talisman as everything, he's just irreplaceable. But can you improve the squad? Potentially you can, yes, with that money. Would you be as good a team? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. How do you replace... 20 plus goals 10 plus assists every season yeah. you, you can't from one guy mm. you, you can't you're, you're talking about having to sign two players to replace him let alone improve any other aspect of the squad um, Daniel Levy because of the narrative he wants to push of Kane forcing his way out of the club is likely to drag it to deadline day which means we'll be into next season, which means we'll be... Because deadline day is after next season starts again. Kane wants this done before the Euros. That's why Kane's put this story out now. Kane wants to know what club he's going to be at before he goes away with England. Unfortunately, it ain't going to happen. Unless he accepts that he ain't leaving, which I don't think he will. I think he's determined to go. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's all just crap. (laughs) That's all the questions and comments. Thank you to everybody. Not one of you sort of like swore like crazy. Um, so well done. Just <laughs> left it to us to swear. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and didn't we? Yeah, like, like men. 
Um, we have got one show left. One show left of the season, and we're not covering the Euros this year because I don't want to commentate on Man City's Harry Kane mm. captain for England. Um, I, I don't want to get involved. We had loads of fun ideas for what we do this summer and all this stuff, but now, nah, balls, I need a break. Um, so... We have got it. That's it. Next week is our last show of the season, the 2020-21 season. Keep an eye on our Facebook page because obviously we'll announce when we're coming back because we'll probably do uh, something on the lines of like a week before the new season starts, like a preview to the new season, talk about whoever the new manager is and talking about whoever the new players are and who we've lost and our hopes and expectations and dreads and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, always keep an eye on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Spurs News. Uh, we post, you know, constant updates on all things Tottenham, so go there. You can also go to the website with more detailed news articles, www.spursnews.co.uk. Get involved there, where you can also find the blogs written by me and Matt and a few others. At the moment, we've not written one, because basically it would just say, bugger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've written a blog, it just says one word. Bollocks. If you can just type tears and just like crying emojis and just do that yeah, for the whole way yeah, through the that, blog. That's it. That's a, that's a 900 page blog post. <laughs> just crying. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, next week is the final show. Um, I'm going to try and make it funny no matter what, although I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think we need to do it drunk, Sam. <laughs> oh, mate, I, I, I don't think I can do that on a Thursday morning. I really don't. <laughs> Uh, but anyway big thank you to everybody for listening look you've stuck with us for the entire season we've averaged higher listening figures this year than we have done previous years that's because the show has grown which is fantastic Um, we did reach well over like sort of 1200 1300 listeners a week when we were top of the league (laughs) Um, (laughs) since Christmas we've come back down to a far lower average but you core listeners we know who you are you interact with us on a regular basis and we appreciate you thank Uh, you everyone who emails every message it is literally the reason that me and Matt have done this today because let's face it we didn't want to have this conversation (laughs) Um, but we did and we did it because we love the interaction we have with people. Um, so, yes, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Matt, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Everybody else, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News. Yeah.